Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. It's 1234 Edmonton. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you on Oilers. Now, we were talking a bit about the fact that uh, yesterday, on top of being the anniversary of uh, John F. Kennedy's assassination, which, by the way, the subsequent Warren Commission is where the term conspiracy theory came from. Just throwing that out there. Anyways, in 2003, the Heritage Classic was played November 22nd. And we're asking people for their Heritage Classic memories. Kurt says, was that the 2003 Heritage Classic? I had a blast. Froze my ass off, but it was worth it to see the alumni game and Grant Fuhr fashing the leather on Stefan Richet. Awesome. Stefan Richet could shoot the puck. He, uh, he had a lot of talent. All right, let's uh, bring aboard John Shannon, our NHL insider. John, how you doing? Great, Bob. How are you? Good. The owner's kind of, uh, and it's it's funny, the league's a little, I don't know, at times I get the sense that they're maybe a little bit lukewarm, but uh, let's just say there was a lot of trepidation when Edmonton originally announced that Heritage Classic back in the day in 2003. A lot of people kind of thought it wasn't a very bright idea, as I recall. Well, you know, I, and I, I say this a little, a little bit of tongue-in-cheek, if it doesn't come out of the New York office, then it's not a good idea. Um, or but, Toronto. Uh, <laughs> No, make no mistake. The New York office runs the National Hockey League. Thank you. Um, um, uh, but uh, what I what I would say is is that when it comes to um, changing the schedule and changing the schedule so drastically for a regular season game, um, then you have to. There, there are so many things you have to worry about: competitive nature, uh, effect on the two teams effect on other teams that they play at a certain point. And if, and if you look at how both teams came out of that game, um, neither really did very well after the fact, Bob, uh, which, which I'm sure that uh, it probably affected how things were going to go for the next three or four years. Heck, it took six more years, Bob, before we had another outdoor game. Yeah. Well, it was, it was brutally cold. I already mentioned the fact, John, I sat that one out. 
I was, I think, one of the few accredited guys that did not go to the actual game. I was fighting an illness, and and I don't miss I don't miss shows, and I don't miss broadcasts. But I wasn't there as a broadcaster in that role at that time. I was on the other station, but I just, I, I mean, it was it was brutal. And yeah. I mean, that's the coldest it's been, I believe, so far for any of those. Either like the game in Winnipeg that we did back in twenty. That was bombing, wasn't it? I was awesome. I mean, it was yeah. it was it was actually colder on the seven on the Saturday for the alumni game than it was for for the actual NHL game on the Sunday. Well, I remember I I, I was here in Toronto. I was I was working for the Maple Leafs at the time, uh, and I remember I got a picture sent to me. Uh, yes, they didn't even send pictures way back then of a frozen beer. Somebody had put a beer down in some of the temporary seating in the end zone and picked it up 20 minutes later and the beer was frozen. And I, and <laughs> they sent me a picture. Um you know, I, I was lucky enough to be involved in a few of the outdoor games after that. Buffalo, which was scary because by the time you drove between the hotel and, and Orchard Park, you went through four weather patterns. Uh, Wrigley Field in Chicago was something. Heinz Field in Pittsburgh was too warm. That was the night, if you remember, that David Steckel hit Sid Crosby in yes. custom. Um, so, and those are all the types of things you have to put in place and 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 weigh the risks before you decide you want to do a lot of outdoor games you know and 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 quite frankly the NHL would not have adopted the winter classic format uh on January 1st if not for NBC NBC Ken Shanzer and Dick Ebersol were the driving force for outdoor hockey uh, for the NHL. They had given up the Gator Bowl as a television event on January 1st. They had a three-and-a-half-hour window, and they went to Gary Bettman and said, listen, we would love to do a hockey game, but we would only do a hockey game if it's special. Could you consider, please, doing it outdoors? And that's how the whole thing, uh, that's how the whole thing began. The advocate inside the NHL was a guy named John Collins, who was the chief yep. marketing officer. Uh, and so between the push from Collins and the push from NBC, uh, Gary and Colin Campbell and Bill Daly relented. And so we started the process of trying to pick. And by then I was at the NHL and we tried and, and we picked it. We had to pick a place that we knew that A would draw well, B had a stadium that would work, had weather that would work, and had a team that was willing to give up a home game and basically a million dollars in gate receipts. Uh, let's just go to a quick text here from Brian John. It'll tie a bit into you and uh, sort of the Toronto thing. My memory of the Heritage Classic, says Brian, started on the Thursday evening. I flew home from Toronto, plus five in TO, minus 30 in Edmonton. The plane was packed with people from Toronto going to the game, and they froze when they heard the temperatures. My uh, beer, Bob, froze while I was watching, and it took me years to recover from the cold toes. So it, it was... There you go. So, 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 John, we we heard that you know, and we're gonna have Nick Kiprios on a little bit later on. You saw. Oh my God! Well, let me guess. He's trying to sell books. Uh, I reached out to him. Oh, that's good for you. So so it's you know it's that time of year, and when you write your book, all the stuff I uh, knew that I couldn't say. Oh wait, that's gonna be my uh, name of my book. Uh, When we co-author the name of that title. What's What's that? What's that? What's the title going to be? All, all, all the stuff I knew that I couldn't say. Well, no, that's good. I might use that one. 
You're, well, we can co-author it together, John. There we go. There's not a, there's not a chance we're co-authoring anything. So you're right. There we have it. Uh, now I'm on it. Now you got me totally. Okay. Well, now so, Kiprios is coming on. So he was talking about uh, obviously some challenges between the NHL and the NHLPA. We'll get to a bit of that, but one of the things we heard was about the potential different concepts that they could come up with, given that we might not have fans. And was there anything? Co- and I know it's, and I, 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 I'm pretty sure it's, it's, it's dead in the water now. But somebody suggested, what about setting something up for Lake Louise? And the, the federal government was like, well, you're not allowed to have signage in federal. And I'm like, have we not learned anything during this time with COVID that may Maybe we have to be a little bit more flexible. Why not? Why not have a game at Lake Louise? It'd be incredible. It'd be incre- and we're going to hold it up because there's a rule that you can't have uh, commercial sponsorship. And did I hear that correct, John? Is that what you heard? Well, I think that I, I think there were more more reasons than that. Um, but at the same time, I mean, I, the, you know, the contemplation of having a game. Uh, on a glacier um, has has been contemplated before and discussed before, uh, all in the terms of how many uh, how many people could be there to watch. And now that we got rid of the fact that there'd be no fans, I'm sure that uh, it it got a ton more consideration. Well, we know it did, um, but you, you know you know what? It's it's pretty even 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 the summer discussion about an outdoor game uh, that that would be very short term. That's a short term uh, to turn around and do something as grandiose as doing it at Lake Louise or or somewhere near Malk Robson in the north part of the Rockies. It would be it would be difficult to do. Oh, no question about that. All right, I don't know if you saw Nick's tweet, but I'm going to read it to you right now. Hearing the NHL and the NHLPA had no dialogue on the weekend for the first time in weeks. Without knowing repercussions for denying owners' requests, players tell me they have little choice but to sit and wait. Some say the league could threaten a pushback start as late as February 1st, 48-game skip. Right now we got listeners to the show saying, how in the hell can you possibly play anyways based upon North America's COVID situation? And you know what? Many would suggest that's a completely fair perspective to have. John, what say you? Well, uh, I, I think it, it, it's it's all of the above. Um, I mean, I, I think that uh, the negotiations that went on last week between the sides at a very high level, uh, and the players were informed of it, and the owners were informed of it, uh, I think was disappointing to to a lot of people. Uh, I think that there are people on both sides very cognitive cognizant of of the um, of the public relations issue that this will create. People out there are losing jobs. People out there are are in hospitals and on respirators, and these guys are worried about money. Um, that's that's one I think both sides would be concerned about. Uh, I think you know don't don't laugh, but I think the holiday this is the holiday week in yes. the United States, and a lot of things get put on uh, put on the back burner on holiday week. So uh, I'm I and and COVID and the growth of COVID on top of that. Um, that to me is that to me is so such a complex situation that I think that that has has raised its ugly head too and I I don't think there's any hurry right now to do a deal until we measure how how bad the pandemic is at this point you know I mean and how things changed I mean so much has changed and so much changes every day Bob in in, in our country in the United States uh, that I don't I, I really don't think that they're in, in, in near as much of a hurry as people make it out to be because 
It's going to change in 10 days. It's going to change next week. It's going to change in a month. Um, so that what they want to do is make sure that they get it right. Uh, and then on the other hand, I, you know, and Nick will be able to address this too, uh, in many ways, no discussion is a negotiating tactic. And both Gary Bettman and Don Fear have been famous for the negotiating tactic of playing chicken and waiting for the other guy to flinch and see what happens. And it would not be surprised to me to hear that both sides are trying to do that. Both, in, in, in both the negotiations that these guys have done in the past, there's always been, well, the other guy waits until the last moment. Well, the other guy waits until the last moment. Well, you know what? Once the news leaked out last week, it became another last moment for both sides. So I just think that there's a, 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 a potpourri of reasons why they didn't talk on the weekend. Uh, and there's no reason to think that there's going to be much discussion until somebody flinches. John, do you think with return to play for the conclusion of the 1920 season, based upon the fact that the players had received 92% of their money, because, of course, they get paid during the regular season, that the owners desired to play more than the players, that there was a greater desire from ownership than from the players to return to play in 1920? No. No, I I, I don't sense that at all. Uh, you, You know, this was... This was sold to the owners. Uh, this was uh, sold to the players. Uh, A, to the players on the basis of the partnership. B, to the owners on the basis that we have to fulfill our league obligations right. and contractual obligations to networks and sponsors, and we will get through it. And we will find a way to get through it, and we will, we will survive and succeed, which is what they did. Okay. They survived and succeeded. But this is a different animal now. And that's what. That's and that's what. This is a different animal now. So who's hungrier? Money. We're talking. We're talking a lot more detailed money now, for owners and for players. So who do you think's hungrier to play, the players or the owners for 2021 season? Well, I haven't done a poll, but uh, my my guess would be, in the end, the players want to play. Um, and and there are some owners that have a bit of an appetite to play, but you, you, you know, the, the, here, this is always the amazing thing to me. And I am not pro owner, nor am I pro player. I'm trying to be objective. Uh, but when you when you have a situation where the players expect to get paid for their jobs as they should, they are going to make a profit. Well, I, I don't know how I don't know how the owners, as individuals, not as the league, I don't know how owners as individuals in their markets would make a profit. I don't without think fans. without people in the seats, yep. without local sponsorship revenues, uh, I don't I, I don't think I don't think they can. And I think that that's why there's been so much pushback. I mean, I think that the the, the CBA, the, the the memorandum of understanding that was done in the summer to get return to play done, I think was done on the basis that don't worry, in the fall we'll be fine. We're going to get going. We're going to maybe we'll start in December, but we'll be fine. Well, we're not fine, and the pandemic's not over, and so we have to reevaluate again. And I think that that's where we are. Yeah, and I think we both know that at times things can get a little bit politicized. And I mean, you're in Toronto, and they just uh, they just shut a bunch of stuff down. Do they not today? And I think we're headed down that path uh, in Alberta tomorrow. Uh, and you know, you got a lot of people calling out uh, the premier 
Jason Kenny, and uh, unfortunately, sometimes what happens, you know, it's like people look at the history of Peter Lougheed, and some say, well, he rode the wave. You know, it was a, you know, Alberta did great financials, and others say, well, no, he was part of the wave. And uh, conversely, you know, sometimes there's political leaders that are uh, faced with different challenges than other political leaders, and that's what maybe we're seeing occur right now. It's a tough, tough time out there, John, to say the least, isn't it? I mean, it really is. The only only thing I would say to that, Bob, as a Canadian, is that, uh, thank goodness, that our our governments and and listen you're right Doug Ford here is getting lambasted today uh as 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 premier Kenny probably will uh be as as well but our at least our at least our our public servants have been proactive on this thing uh and and we can sit here and complain about 1400 uh, additional covid patients today in Ontario and and 17 deaths um but you know, just look south. Yeah, uh, look south. I mean, we, you know, our country has has done uh, done okay. We're not. Are we doing great? No, no one's doing great uh, in North America. But you know, our our governments our our governments deserve a little bit of credit for trying to keep it at bay at some point. And it's almost it's an apl- even even the places like Manitoba is struggling. British Columbia. We raved about what Bonnie Henry and John Horgan were doing for, for the first four months. Guess who's having trouble now? You know, so it's it being a public servant. These are days where you say, "I'm not sure I'd want to be a public servant." Oh, that's I, and that's the point I'm making. You're, you're sort of in a uh, can't win situation. So, so there you have it. All right, John. Uh, well, well, thank you for sharing some insight on um, the Heritage Classic and the subsequent route the league went. We'll see what happens. And I agree with you. I think it is a little bit of a negotiation ploy. Sure. I'll, I'll be very intrigued. What are you What are you at right now? It's It's Monday. It's the what is it? The twenty third today. The twenty third. Yeah. Twenty third. Where are you at right now in terms of actual return to play? Say by February first. Oh, I, I mean, I, I I certainly think that we'll have hockey by February first. Okay. Um, I, I'm still not ruling out earlier in the month uh, of January, and uh, I, I truly believe that there will be a deal in place in the next ten days. Wow. We shall see if you're right. You often are. Thanks for your time, John. Say hello to Nick for me. I will. 12.51 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you on Oilers Now. John Shannon was our... Where did that liner go? Uh, he's our headliner today for Touchback Safety. Touchback Safety. Your safety is their goal. Discover your safety training solutions at touchbacksafety.com. And we want to mention to you, Ruth Chris Steakhouse, greatest steak you've ever had. Edmonton owned and operated. Open Wednesday through Sunday from 5 p.m. until close. Head down to 9990 Jasper Avenue. Tell Brendan, Maggie, Taylor, and the staff at Ruth Chris that Oilers now sent you. A reminder... Coming up today at 125, it is Oilers Now Trivia for a $50 gaming credit to Greta Bar. Again, that'll come around 125. We'll take a quick timeout, and when we come back, by request, we have people uh, sort of requesting uh, more information on the Oilers Prospect Report. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? 
Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. For James H. Brown Injury Lawyers, when accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Brendan will bring you back when we return on Oilers Now. Hi, this is Mike Smith from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chet. Wow, I just got busted. Uh, Cactus Jack reminded me. Bob, have you ever been uh, to other sporting events that you were too cold for? I hate to admit it. 2006, first week of April, I went with uh, a couple friends uh, to Chicago back in the days of total sports. It was the week that the Alberta Golden Bears lost the university. They didn't lose it. It got taken by an individual at uh, what was then known as Club Malibu University after the Bears had won their second straight championship in 2006. And uh, so it was right at that time we flew down to Chicago and we ended up going to the Oilers and the Hawks on Friday night. It's a good night. Edmonton won. There were like 7,000 people at the game. I met Bill Wirtz after the game, courtesy of Cal Nichols, Pat LaForge, Ken Nichols, Jack Hooks, and Craig Briggs in the game. And then uh, the next day we went to Wrigley. And we're talking April. And it was cold. And I may have pulled the chute. Three innings in at Wrigley. And then that night we went and watched the uh, Sixers and the Bulls. So, but I, I admit I kind of pulled the, the pin. You know, I went to Western Finals. Remember the 19 listeners can might go back on this. 1980, I'm thinking the 82 Western Final. Was that against Winnipeg? There was one that was really cold. Uh, Texas on the Ashley Fine Floors text line at 780-496-0063. Help, uh, help remind me what was the coldest Western. I, I, I thought there was one against Winnipeg, and it might have been Hugh Campbell's last game. Again, Texas. Uh, Mark says, Bob, John Shannon said uh, proactive. Being proactive for the sake of looking like you're doing something is pointless. It's about getting results. It's not about looking virtuous. Hmm. And that one comes to us for Mark at 780-496-0063. Bob, the warmest place on site during the Heritage Classic was in the washroom. And yes, you had to drink faster, your beer would freeze. Hot chocolate and Bailey's got me through the games. Well, coffee and Bailey's has gotten me through the last 23 years. I can tell you that right now. As promised, uh, we are going to get into the Oilers Now prospect report brought to you by James H. Brown, injury lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. And back in the 630 Chad Studios, Brendan Escott. I'm laughing. That's how you did it, eh? Coffee and Bailey's. That's how we're trudging forward. Brent, Brent Griffiths got me started on Coffee and Bailey's in 2003. Got gotcha. you. For me, it's still a holiday delicacy, so we'll, we'll see in a couple of weeks if I fire that up. Uh, William Lagasset loaned to uh, Christian Stads, IK, of the Allsvenskan. He had been playing with a different team there, uh, had notched nine points in 11 games can now. i tell you what happened go ahead all right so people sorry to interrupt you brendan i should have uh, brought this up with you before so what happened is in the uh, what, what what league's he in right now brendan that league that he's currently playing in the all svenskin it's sweden's second league right so in that league you're only allowed four players on loan and as it turned out even though he was the best defenseman on the team he was the fifth player loan to the team that he was playing for. So once he signs the contract with the Oilers, the contract extension, then it becomes a loan. 
And so he's not played, which is why he's now moving to a different Swedish team that doesn't already have four players on loan. And again, I've explained this to people in the past. Why is he not in the top division? Well, if you're in the top division, unless you're Swedish, which, by the way, Lagesson is, uh, you can't just take off and go back to North America. So there was some chat. That's why some of the Oilers prospects ended up in that uh, division too. All right, back to you, Brendan. Yeah, all good. Uh, so Evan Bouchard uh, in that same league, he's been on fire over the last couple of weeks, up to six goals, 10 assists and 19 games. And those 16 points, that's good for second amongst all Oilers properties. Raphael Lavoie is uh, skating with Vasby in the Allsvenskin. Not a good team. That's why he's minus 12 on, uh, on a struggling squad, but has scored seven. Seven goals in 17 games, adding three assists there. Philip Broberg, Joe Kim Nygaard, and Philip Bergstrom all playing above that level in the SHL. Of course, with them all being Swedish, as is Theodore Lenstrom. He did get hurt over the last week or so, though, Bob, so I'm not sure about the timeline for him, but he was just signed, uh, I believe, in the springtime, too. All right, it is uh, 12.58 in Edmonton. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Back with Nick Kiprios, who's got a new book out, Undrafted. This is Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.